When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The Revivalists rocked the anthem in Washington, D.C. this Wednesday night. I spoke to guitarist Zach Feinberg when the band played the anthem in 2020, hearing how the band turned Hurricane Katrina into an inspiring band name for hit records like Wish I Knew You. Thanks so much for taking the time to call in. My pleasure, man. Thanks for uh, having me. A lot of our a lot of our fans love the band, but um, they might not even know. You know, when they hear the name the Revivalists, they might not even make the connect to New Orleans. You know, the the whole Hurricane Katrina uh, evacuation time period. Um, t- recount the story. Is it is it true you you met you know your band member on on a bike ride when you were down there uh, during that whole thing? Yeah, th- that is true. Um, and th- there is a, a a piece of of the of the band name I think is inspired by that. Uh, post Katrina time period, um, we, the band is from New Orleans. We all live there. Um, actually, we're all kind of raised in different parts of the country. But um, around college age, we we all met in New Orleans, and I was riding my bike one one sunny afternoon, and I heard this really good singer singing and playing guitar, just helping it out for for nobody really on the front porch. And I stopped to listen, and that's how I met our lead singer David Shaw. Um, yeah, true story. That was back in 2007. And, uh, <laughs> as far awesome. as the, the name of the revivalist goes, yeah, it's like kind of um, city was getting back on its feet around that time, and we wanted to come up with a name that would be evocative of the time and place that we're coming from, but also, you know, paying, uh, you know, giving a nod to the way that we like to play live, you know, and, and enjoying older styles of music and whatnot. Awesome. Now, um, take me back even before that. You know, when when you yourself were were growing up, how did you get bit by the music bug? You know, like what sort of? I always like to know, like what sort of like you know albums were you know around the household that, or that you grew up on, and you know, and got you into this whole biz to begin with. I, I guess I was always a musical kid, like kind of sliding around the house, playing Michael Jackson, and I I would like. So I, I would buy music at a pretty early age, like or ask to buy music. You know, I got—I remember buying Nirvana in utero when I was in first grade. Just being moved by that, being moved by Paul Simon. But what really got me into playing music was my father, who plays guitar. So he, he got me started on that, and uh, kind enough to get me lessons throughout my childhood. So that that got me got me really going. Do you know what, you know, take me back, you, you're you sitting there with your dad, you know, I don't know, on, on the end of the bed or the couch, do you remember the early, sort of this exactly. early, early, do you remember any of the early riffs that he's sitting there teaching you, like what were some of, of the first ones? Yeah, yeah, that bad to the bone, or just like that classic blues riff, that's a good one, <laughs> I was nine years old, you know, and, and I also remember the, like the period like when you're learning an instrument, how it's really frustrating at first and you kind of give up. 
So I remember giving up for a while, but the guitars were always around, and then I would just kind of play around with it on my own, like not really practicing. And it was almost that approach that I still do, where it's like whenever it feels like work and practice is when I'm like turned off from it, and it's just play. Just the notion of playing is where I where it really uh, where it works for me. I think. Awesome. You told us the story about you know riding the bike and and passing David, but what about what about him? You know his sound of his voice, or was it the lyrics he was saying? What about him specifically caught your ear? You think like what 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 made him mesh with you? It was the sound of his voice, and also it struck me as original music. Like I, I, this wasn't a song that I'd heard before, and, and it was just. It was powerful. I just wanted to, I just was stopping you enjoy it. I, I didn't think this would, in that moment, that this was going to be like a band that I end up, you know, having for 15 plus years or whatever. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a, a very, he was, I, I saw that the, that he had something that I could for sure. And um, I was compelled to stop because of that. Uh, all right. So, you know, you kind of told us about how you got the band together. Um, take me back to that, that first uh, you know studio album, Vital Signs, in 2010. Um, when you look back at it now, what do you, uh, you know, either what what stands out, either that you're most proud of, or that kind of, you know, when you look back on it, it kind of shows, you know, shows you're still figuring things out a little bit. You know, talk about sort of how that that kind of cap, you know, encapsulates you guys in your earliest form. Yeah, there, there are elements of both those things for sure. Um, there, there's moments that I'm really proud of and writing that I'm proud of. There's performance that I'm proud of and then there's performance that I wish, you know, I can go back and do better. Um, so, I mean, like, I, the, the opening track, um, Not Turn Away, I'm, I really like how that came out with performance and, and uh, the mix. It's a really strong song written by a drummer, uh, D.C. area native Andrew Campanelli. Um, that, that's a highlight. Um, Touching Fireflies is a, is a, is a highlight. Um, as far as studio uh, performance, I, I, I like some of the other tunes that are on there. Um, Strawman is one that I'm personally proud of. Uh, do you think that we could have done a better job studio performance-wise? Just like you know, didn't really have it figured out. wasn't super comfortable at that point um, in the studio. But you know, I think I think these are things that just continue to happen. You know, throughout where where you know nothing's ever perfect and at a certain point you just let it go and say okay you know this is what it is hopefully people like it um and also and also you got to know i'm sure that it's 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 small stuff that we don't even notice it as as fans but it's stuff that you look you see you find it and you're like "Ah, i can always do better (laughs) but all right yeah yeah then, then take me into the, that now. All right, so then you evolve into City of Sound, the second album, 2014. It mm-hmm. did. I'm to look back on that even fonder. Like, do you think you got, you know, any of the things that you thought you needed to tighten up? Uh, you know, talk about how how you think that was maybe, you know. So we actually the, the recording of City of Sound was actually December 2010, um, and we independently released it. I think 2012, March 2012. And then we signed a record deal, and they re-released it in 2014. So it's also, like, in my mind, it's a, it's a pretty similar time period to recording it as was as Vital Signs. It was only, like, a year or so after that we were in the studio. But um, it was our first effort with um, with Ben Elman as producer, who's um, 
really excellent producer. He plays saxophone in the band Galactic, and he's done great work on their albums and on Trombone Shorty. He did two records with him, and he's got a very unique production style. And so with that being our first um, our first album with him, we really wanted him to sort of express his, his sort of uh, producer voice on that record. So that, that that's kind of a, 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 a the take-home point, I would say, for City of Sound, is that we, we, let, we really put ourselves into his hands, and, 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 and we're very happy with the results. Awesome. And then, of course, you know, the third album, Men Amongst Mountains, is when you guys really, really blew up. And, you know, all of us, you know, right. became, you became a household name for all of us. Um, right, of course, right. You know, Wish I Knew You was, was just massively, massively successful. And um, it's funny, yeah. my, my wife and I always talk about Wish We Met Younger. And, you know, those lyrics always kind mm. of, you know, are special, you know, in that light. But it, is that sort of what you were going through with that, or or like anything? I'm sure most songs have the meaning to you guys. But uh, yeah, talk- uh, well, yeah. David wrote that song, um, and I, I do think that was what the sentiment is. You know, with uh, with his girlfriend at the time, like which still his still his partner, um, and he was just kind of you know wistfully looking back. But you know, at the same time, there's this element of gratitude in it, like you know, just saying that I wish, you know, we had had more time that a lot of people connected. But that said, a lot, a lot of people interpret it in other ways where, which are equally as valid, you know, because if you think being subjective as it is, you know, it's, it's often a family member. I wish I, you know, had this time with you earlier, you know, or I, I wish I knew you, you know, I wish you were, you were to survive this. Or, um, we've gotten a lot of, fan response on, on different ways that song has moved people and that it's that's all wonderful for us that, you know, it can be moving to people and, and helpful if people need something for them. Yeah, I like like what you're saying. It's like that it's that sort of that wistful lament, but at the same time it's it's upbeat and positive, you know what I mean? Like it's still there's there's that gratitude yeah. there that, that at least you're there now. Um, yeah. All right, and then br- yeah. bringing us bringing us all the way up, sort of to the present, you know, and would take good care of your fourth album. Um, all my friends was also a pretty big hit. I think it was. I think it even topped the alternative charts. Um, any any tidbits you can sh- share with me on how that one came together, or you know, memories of in studio recording that one? Um, it's it's fairly straightforward. Uh, Dave co-wrote that one with uh, this producer songwriter Dave Bassett, and had it fairly fleshed out and. We worked with them in, in the studio and just kind of added on top of it and um, tracked it. But uh, yeah, beyond that, it was just they wrote the tune and then we we just we cut it, you know, over over the demo. Awesome. Now you guys have played pretty much, you know, the biggest music festivals that there are. You've done Austin City Limits, New Orleans Jazz Fest. That was probably really cool, you know, being from you know former oh, yeah. from there. Um, do you have a, a personal favorite, like opening for the Stones? I mean, come on, like, <laughs> what, which, I mean, which one was nuts. stands yeah. out to you the most? I mean, that's certainly a standout. Uh, that was an extremely special day this summer, opening for them in, in Jacksonville. That, that was definitely a highlight. Every year we've, we've played Jazz Fest has been amazing. Um, we're, we're, we're lucky to do that again this year. Um, all the, the hometown festival, Jazz Fest, Voodoo Fest, are, are, are amazing. Um, Lollapalooza this past summer was a highlight. We've done Bonnaroo twice. Um, the first time was in 2013 when we were just nobody really heard of us, and that was super special because when nobody hears of you and you really deliver and rock it, and then they love you, it's, 
was meaningful. Like we, we did a late night tent set that was super, super special. Um, and then we played it again, you know, on like the main stage and that was, that was also great. Um, awesome city limits, also very memorable. And, and our, our festival, our set that, uh, hangout fest originally in, in um, Gulf Shores, Alabama were also special right on the beach. We do, we, all of our shows like in this like Gulf, uh, region, uh, have been really good. I, I've, we, we've spent a lot of time, like, in the years when we were um, coming up, we would do residencies in a, in a little beach bar in Pensacola, Florida, called Bamboo Willies. And we've, like, over those years, really developed a grassroots kind of fan base. So whenever we go back, like, we played Mobile, Alabama, last weekend, and it was just amazing. Something about, like, the mix of, like, oh, whatever, it's not a huge city, loads as low expectations, Met like combined with these people that we've known for so long, and that, that just really makes it for a really fun, loose show um, in, in, in those areas. That said, we've had amazing shows in D.C. over the years too. Especially last year at the Anthem, it was my first time playing that, and it was an amazing venue, one of my favorite venues in the country or the world. Um, so yeah, we're, we're we're definitely excited to, to come back there and rock that again. Awesome. Um, before you know, before I, I move on to the anthem, real quick, I just want to double back on on the on your whole opening for the Stones. Any cool insights on you know what you know, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, you know, behind the scenes, you know, backstage or you know, yeah. any... it's pretty much lockdown, like back there, like really high security. Um, but if they do a thing where they'll take a picture right before they go on stage, they'll take a picture with the opening band, and our friends. Um, we, we're, we're good friends with some of the guys in Tremont Shorty's band, and they, they had opened for them in Poland, and, and then they kind of let us, you know, he let us know, like, you, uh, like, you, there's, like, the, the initials of, like, Mick Jagger, MJ, and, like, Keith Richards, they are, like, on the floor, like, on, like, a piece of paper, and that's, like, where they're going to stand. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to stand next to Keith Richards and, and Ron Wood, you know, and the guitar player, and, and it was just, like, really cool. Like, they, they walk in, and, First, Charlie Watts walked in, and he was just super down to earth, like talking about how we're from New Orleans, and they just played New Orleans, and you know that what what amazing local drummers he saw in New Orleans, and and then like you know Keith and and, and Ron come in, and we just like joke around real quick about normal things like how fast the camera was taking pictures, and and, and Nick came in like a bundle of energy, like. He's about to sit on stage in front of 80,000 people, and he's, like, giving everybody pounds. And he's like, was it good? Did you have fun? And he was like, yes, yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Sir Mitch, <laughs> whatever. You know, it was amazing. It was just surreal. And, yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah, it was like meeting royalty, really. Like, it was, it was incredible. Just to yeah, get so. that little, like, to get that nod, to get that open for them and, hear our band's name come out of his mouth while he's on stage, you know, thanking us to play. It's just insane. Yeah, that, I mean, that's about as big, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. Well, you mentioned that, you know, your drummer, uh, Andrew Campanelli, has some, you know, D.C. area roots. Do you remember, where is he actually from? Has, you know, he's, where, he's where? from Falls Church. Yeah, he grew up in Falls Church, Virginia. Oh, that's awesome. How did he end up, how did he make his way down to meet you guys in New Orleans? He uh, went to Loyola. University. I went to Tulane, 
and we actually met at uh, Tipitina's, the club Tipitina's Sunday morning workshops. They have, uh, when we were students, they had free uh, workshops for students to play with uh, and learn from local musicians. So we met the, we met over there in college. Okay, so it's it's down, it's down through a college connection. I got you. All right, well, um, you've been more than generous with your time. Um, just sort of in closing here, you know, even that you guys, you know, played the anthem and loved it, you know, what was it, last year? Or was it two years ago? Yeah. Something like that. Um, Something like what, that. If uh, if our listeners came out to that show, um, you know, what, what? Why should they come check you out this time? What makes it a little bit different? Or heck, maybe maybe some people haven't ever seen. Well, we have we have some amazing uh, support acts, of course. Uh, taking the thing as um, we might want to fact check that actually, but I'm pretty sure it's them who are opening. They're they're also they're an incredible group. They were just nominated for uh, best new artists at the at the Grammys. They're they're from New Orleans. They're they're outstanding. But also, I mean, well, I mean. I'm, I guess I'm, this is the point where I try to sell it, but uh, you know, I just we, we put on a good show. Just like honestly, we we have a lot of fun up there. Um, well, we we make sure that we we change up the set list um, each time we come into a city. So if you did come last time, had a great time, you know, you'll come again. You'll hear some different songs. Um, it's just it's going to be a lot of fun. Why do you like the anthem specifically? It's a cool it's a cool spot, man. It, it's just yeah, it sounds great in there. It's just this big cool room. Um, and they treat you really nice backstage, and and um, that that whole new area is pretty. It's, it's fun to stay in for a night or two. Um, they treat you really well, and it sounds amazing in there, and it looks cool, and it feels cool um, on stage, and, and I hope so in the crowd too. Um, really special place. I mean, multiple people have after playing that place have have, have remarked that like, wow, it's such a really cool venue. Well, thanks for your time, uh, uh, Zach. Again, uh, everyone, the Revivalists are coming to the Anthem on February 29th, so get your tickets now. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.